Welcome to the STEM for the Future podcast. My guest today is Brian Long. Brian is Boeing's Managing Director of the Middle East and North Africa, a dynamic and results-driven leader with a track record of pushing strategy for long-term business success while delivering instant short-term outcomes. Experienced in multiple functions, including supplier management, project management, and strategy across the US, Asia, Europe, and the Middle East, with more than 14 years at Boeing, Brian is an established aerospace leader, and I'm honored to have him with us today. Hello, Brian. Hello, Shanaz. Thank you very much for having me. Egypt, with its strategic location and rich historical heritage, has played a significant role in the aerospace industry. The country has witnessed remarkable advancements in aviation and engineering, making it an ideal context to explore the link between sustainability and aerospace innovation. In recent years, Egypt has taken notable steps towards sustainable development, including initiatives to reduce carbon emissions and increase renewable energy adoption. Boeing, a prominent player in the aerospace sector, recognizes the importance of sustainability and has actively engaged in projects and collaborations in Egypt. For instance, Boeing partnered with Egyptian aviation authorities to implement fuel-efficient practices, reducing both costs and environmental impact. Additionally, the company has supported educational programs and STEM initiatives in Egypt, such as the Amadi STEM Center, empowering the next generation of engineers and scientists to tackle sustainability challenges. In this episode, Brian Long sheds light on Boeing's commitment to sustainability, sharing insights into the company's vision, projects, initiatives, and strategies in the Middle East and North Africa. By exploring the intersection of STEM and sustainability, this episode aims to inspire listeners and highlight the role of STEM education and international collaboration in shaping a more sustainable future for the aerospace industry, not only in Egypt, but globally. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, as the Managing Director of the Middle East and North Africa for Boeing, you've had a remarkable career in the aerospace industry. Can you share with us a memorable moment or experience that truly solidified your passion for sustainable aviation and inspired you to lead in this field? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I look at, when Boeing looks at sustainable aviation, we recognize that over 80% of the world's population hasn't even had the opportunity to step on an aircraft. So when I when I first heard that statistic, it really resonated with me because I have, and I want others to experience that feeling of flight, to connect with somebody halfway around the world, mm-hmm. and to build those connections and build that trade between continents. And so that for me was the moment in which I realized that sustainability is actually critical to our industry if we want to continue doing business because at the end of the day if we're not sustainable when we step back and we look at the growth of our industry um, we'll we'll do irreparable harm to the environment if we don't act and so it's really incumbent upon all of us in the aviation sector to get out in front of this and make commitments to be net zero and you know we've we've done that as an industry both the airlines and the manufacturers right. by 2050 to be net zero. And we're going to do that through multiple different ways, but it's really focused on four key pillars of our strategy. One is fleet renewal, which is basically selling new aircraft to replace the old aircraft. This right. is probably the fastest way to make the biggest 
difference because each new generation of aircraft will be 20 to 25 percent more fuel efficient so just by the nature of buying a new aircraft you're you're automatically reducing your emissions by 20 to 25 percent the other uh way we can help improve sustainability is through uh operations um and this is this is really leveraging the data analytics that Mm. our um, team has back in the u.s and and this includes things like continuous ascent and continuous descent uh air traffic flow so that you have the most direct flight paths to your destination all of this is done through digital improvements within the airlines Mm. and the airports and then the third pillar is all about renewable energy Mm -hmm. and biofuels in particular Mm. because when you look at emissions wide bodies or what we the long-haul aircraft um, contribute about 73 percent of the carbon emissions from the aviation sector come from those large aircraft wow and those large aircraft won't be able to take battery or hydrogen or alternative fuels anytime in the near future Mm -hmm. so the biggest lever that we can pull for those aircraft is renewable fuels, biofuels, mm-hmm. and sustainable aviation fuels. And this is a absolutely critical focus of ours. It's an area that we have been investing in heavily. We sit on the certification uh, body that approves these alternative fuels. Mm-hmm. And we've committed to, by 2030, that all of our aircraft will be uh, um, certified to fly sustainable aviation fuel at 100% um, by 2030. Mm-hmm. And then the last component is really advanced technologies. And these things include hydrogen fuel cell development, battery electric development, and, um, and of course, new structural designs that improve aerodynamics and therefore improve the efficiency of the aircraft. So uh, when I look back at my 14-year career, it wasn't until I realized that, wow, we make a really big difference in the world, but we have to do that difference in the most sustainable manner possible. And so um, that was really a light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's um, really, it started to create this tidal wave effect um, throughout the industry to actually act in order to make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And when Corona happened, we all felt what it was like not to travel, and it was such an important part of our lives. And so it's critical that that's done in a sustainable manner to allow people to continue to connect with each other and do the businesses that they need to do. Um, can you tell us how sustainability factors into your role specifically and what initiatives has Boeing take, taken to promote sustainable practices in the aerospace industry in addition to what you've already mentioned? Yeah, sure. So in my role in particular, you know, I'm, I'm focused on creating those partnerships in all the countries that fall in my jurisdiction, Middle East and North Africa. And the partnerships, it's, it's, it's all about public-private partnerships and helping our airlines and helping the regulators and helping the energy providers um, enact policies that will enable an efficient and sustainable market for 
consumers such as you and I when we step on an airplane. So oftentimes I work with um, the airlines to understand what are their sustainability goals and objectives, their challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, we reach back into our organization and understand what we can provide them in order to help meet their goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. And we take the same approach on the uh, with the regulators Mm -hmm. and with the various ministries that we engage with. We help them understand that whilst sustainable aviation fuel may be more expensive than conventional jet A fuel, there is a high degree, a high level of demand from the aviation community and we try to match that supply and demand mm. so that both the fuel producers and the airlines can find a way to um, make it more affordable. Mm. We, because when we find that middle ground, we're able to make a real difference. Mm. Everybody wins, right? Mm, we're, opening an, we're opening a new market for fuel mm-hmm. and the airlines can achieve their objectives of being sustainable. Right. So oftentimes this is where I I interface with the, the, the governments in particular to help bridge the, um, the gap between yeah. aviation and the energy sector. Yeah. That's very, very dynamic and very interesting, that space. It's like that's a, a it's almost as if the impact in that area would make significant changes in sustainability and in how uh, you know countries are operating with regards to their aviation sector yes mm. and and every country is different right everybody mm. every country is on a different part of this journey right right and every country has different capabilities and technologies that they can uh, that will be more suitable for producing sustainable aviation fuel mm. so we partner with each and every one of those countries to understand what is the most suitable pathway mm. for you, mm. and, and and that is uh, that that really hits at the heart of partnership because mm. you know we can't do this alone. We have to do it together. Mm. We have to have these types of conversations mm. as a collective mm. if we want to take on this massive challenge that we have right right and it's really the the our, our future and the health of the planet that is impacted by this which although there might be you know expensive fuel that is uh, that uh, there is a cost there but there's a bigger goal uh in that right 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 and and you know right now aviation only makes up about two percent of the world's carbon emissions right right but when we look at our 20-year outlook that we publish every year. In fact, we'll be publishing it um, next week at the Paris Air Show. When we look out 20 years, um, you know, the fleet size, the amount of airplanes flying in the world will double. Wow. The amount of aviation professionals in the Middle East will uh, grow to about 200,000 employees. Wow. That's the growth. Mm. And so all of that needs to be done sustainably. Yes. And if we don't take action now, that growth in airlines will ultimately drive more carbon emissions. So yes. it's, Im- it's important for us to act. Even if they're small steps, we have to act now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, with your extensive experience in the multiple functions across the different regions, how do you see the intersection of technology, engineering, sustainability, 
shaping the future of aerospace. You've kind of mentioned that yeah. a little bit, but can you elaborate on it? Absolutely. Well, I'll take it in a slightly different direction. Mm. Um, I, I mentioned the four pillars of our strategy, but behind each of those pillars are experts in their specific domains. Mm. And this is really where STEM for sustainability comes into play and, and why it's why Boeing has invested in Ahmed East and this program in Egypt, because we recognize that if we want to be successful, there needs to be talent that is interested and brings good ideas, mm. better ideas, ideas that we haven't even thought of, right? That they bring those to the table and we can implement and act upon them. So take, for example, um, new aircraft design. Mm. I mentioned that's the biggest immediate impact that you can have today. Right. Well, you can't have a new aircraft without mechanical engineers, without stress and design engineers, mm. systems engineers, aerodynamic engineers. And so each of those disciplines play a role in making a more fuel-efficient and sustainable aircraft. Mm. The same goes for renewable fuels. Mm. You have to have chemical engineers to understand what is the effect of that fuel on the aircraft. Mm does this fuel impact the systems, the fuel systems? Mm. And so it's really important that we um, are developing the young talent at each and every domain because we, we want them to go into the STEM industry. We would love for them to go into the aviation industry mm. because, because of that growth that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, another key area which I think everybody is seeing around the world is artificial intelligence and of, of course the digital opera um, you know how we digitalize our operations is a, is a key aspect right. of that mm -hmm. and so you have to have computer scientists to be successful in that field so um, each domain within STEM plays an absolutely critical important role right. to our industry right and that's so true, introducing young people to the basics of this at a very yes. early age just opens their eyes to the possibilities of the kinds of uh, things that they could be studying in the future. It would pique their interest in maybe areas that they feel yes. that they're more, they have more affinity to. Um, that exposure is so important uh, at an early age. And they are the engineers of the future and, yes. uh, and, and the scientists of the future. Um, could you share an example of a successful project? I mean, Boeing does a lot of projects. Um, could you share an example of a successful project where you in implemented sustainable practices and what were the outcomes and lessons learned from that experience? Yeah, sure. I'll give one from within the region. Um, you know, we had a partnership. We still do have a partnership with, a, um, uh, with Khalifa University based in Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this particular project, we sought out to produce sustainable aviation fuel mm. in the middle of the desert in wow. Abu Dhabi. So you, you, you start, when you set that big audacious goal, you start thinking, okay, how are we going to achieve this, right? <laughs> so we bring the best research team together to explore how can we make this possible. Uh -huh. And what we've ended up doing is uh, having a fish, a fish farm okay. in the middle of the desert and we use the bio-waste, the biomass from those fish to fertilize 
a saltwater plant that grows in the desert wow. with saltwater. Uh-huh. And that, that salicornia plant can then be refined and produce SAF, sustainable aviation fuel. Wow. And when you think about it, it's amazing that we're able to produce fuel, but it's also a really viable food security project hmm. because now you have um, fish, abundance of fish. And so we did that with Khalifa University and Etihad Airways. And, uh, and so, yeah, that fish is sold in the open market and the fuel is being produced. And we're now looking at how do we scale that. That's remarkable. Yeah. That really is incredible. So these are the innovative projects that we do as a company, but we do it because we need to do it for the industry. Right. And everybody will benefit from it. Right. The country, the airline, um, the research institution, the universities. Uh, you know, of course, there's some benefit for Boeing because we, we certify the fuel. Uh-huh. We want to understand the technical properties of that fuel. Mm-hmm. But it's all because we have to face this challenge head on mm. of getting to net zero by 2050. And it was the students at Khalifa University that worked on yeah, this project. Yeah, right alongside with uh, professors and uh, um, research professionals at the Boeing Company and other uh, uh, industry partners as well. That's a great uh, public-private partnership with oh, educational institutions. It's such a fantastic example of that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's how it works yeah, when it works really well. Yeah. yeah. And you plan to scale this? Uh, yeah. I mean, we absolutely want to scale it. We're trying to understand what the feasibility is of scaling, what the limitations could be, and how we can overcome that before we take that next step. And doing it possibly in other countries as well where there's a lot of desert. Potentially, mm. but again, every country has its own unique challenges, its own unique feedstock. So, right. you know, different countries may have a different pathway that right. would be more suitable for them. Right, understood, of course. Given the global push for renewable energy sources, and you've just given a great example of like a, a, an, of a project that contributed to this, how is Boeing incorporating clean and renewable technologies into its aircraft designs and manufacturing process? That's an interesting question. But, um, I mean, we look at it from the very, very beginning. It mm-hmm. starts with design, right? So before we even produce an aircraft, we design that aircraft digitally, mm. and we test that aircraft, mm. and we fly that aircraft digitally, millions of flight hours, all done in the digital environment. Mm. And and when it's interesting because that's a million flight hours that you're not actually burning fuel on. Mm. You're able to test and simulate Amazing. different designs mm. all in the synthetic digital environment. Mm. So that would be one area that we focus on. And then once you have the design, then you start looking at the manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the best example here is really the 787. Mm-hmm. Over 50% of that airplane is made from composite lightweight materials. Mm-hmm. That was the first of its kind, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the only type that was done through using that much composite material. Mm. Um, And so when you have lightweight composites, you're able to fly longer and in a more sustainable fashion. Mm. And then 
there's also different designs that you can implement. And, you know, we recently announced a partnership with NASA in the U.S. to explore this transonic truss brace wing, which um, is a new wing design that we hope will drive 30% more fuel-efficient aircraft in the future. And so, again, private-public partnership right at the heart of what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the name of sustainability. So the design of the airplanes is so important to the sustainability because of the fuel consumption. Absolutely. Mm. And even the aftermarket, right? So Mm. we want to make sure that we're not... not using toxic chemicals, for instance, mm. or paints that could pollute the environment. So we, we're looking at all aspects um, so that we can have a closed loop um, in terms of our aircraft. Right, right. In your opinion, how can STEM education contribute to addressing sustainability challenges in the aerospace sector? And what steps is Boeing taking to support STEM in the Middle East and North Africa? You've given some really cool examples. Yeah. Can so you elaborate on this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a wonderful partnership with MEDs, obviously. And, you know, we've expanded that not only in Egypt, but in Morocco and in the UAE STEM for sustainability mm-hmm. programs. And so that that's a really, um, that's a big push of ours, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. Those programs we hope to, you know, take out multiple years and continue for the foreseeable future. So I think we're doing it. We're always looking for ways that we can improve and build upon those programs, Mm. of course, and make sure that we're impacting as many lives as we possibly can. Mm. Um, We're also very much engaged with the universities in the region. So we try to target not only um, younger youth, but also those that are in college, um, so that we ensure that they're getting the right skills to enter the workforce. Nice. Um, so we have, we we look at it from a multiple pronged approach, mm. um, and we're, we're, we're going to keep doing that. That's really exciting. And we last month we had the um, sustainability competition for Egyptian startups and entrepreneurs and that was really exciting to see some of the examples of uh, business ideas and businesses that had been set up already that do contribute to sustainability and uh, very interestingly it was from across the country so people who had businesses uh, applied from Suheg, Asyut, Alexandria uh, in a, and they were really, really great ideas. And so that was very uh, encouraging to see that there are people who um, have th- those business ideas that do contribute to sustainability. And it yeah. was uh, really important that that program shed light and supported these uh, these projects and these ideas. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We were very excited by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, as an established aerospace leader, what are your thoughts on the role of international co- collaboration in achieving sustainability goals? And how is Boeing collaborating with other stakeholders to drive sustainability innovations? You've touched on this already. Yeah, well. but I'll give some more examples because mm-hmm. it is it is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm speaking only from the Middle East and North Africa mm. viewpoint. But the reality is, is there's a counterpart of mine that's based in Japan. Mm. 
Yes. Based in India, based in the UK, based in Brussels. And so we are doing this all throughout the world, trying to find the best solutions and, quite frankly, making sure that we scale it around the world. Um, mm. Because, again, we're not going to be able to do this alone. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have deep partnerships with um, universities like MIT mm-hmm. and Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, worked with them quite extensively to launch uh, a new uh, digital uh, model that we've co-produced. And this model is available to the public. Um, you can look at online at boeing.com and just type in Cascade. And what this model does, um, and it's not using Boeing data, this is not a marketing tool for us. It's using open source, real aircraft data to analyze the impact of CO2 emissions so that we give airlines and regulators the foresight to understand what decisions they make and how it will ultimately impact their CO2 emissions. Mm. And so um, you going back to the four pillars, those four pillars are present in this model. So you can say, oh, if I do a fleet renewal and I want to introduce hydrogen, well, what would that look like to my CO2 emissions as an airline? Right. And so you can play with this model and move the scale and really understand what is the optimal solution for your sustainability goals as a Mm -hmm. country and as an airline. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, this is something that we've recently launched and we've made public because we want everybody to benefit from the knowledge that we've developed in partnership, back to your point, in partnership with MIT, Cambridge, and IATA, and others. Cascade. Cascade. That's uh, yeah. it's really interesting. We should include that in our in our STEM center for the kids to try it out. Absolutely. Or just to just to play y- with just it. Just to play around with yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. There's some really interesting information on there because right. I'm sure. you know hydrogen. Everybody feels like hydrogen will ultimately be, you know, um, the solution. But it's not going to happen in this first half of the century. Mm. There's just a lot of limitations and constraints. Mm. So when you play with that hydrogen slider on the cascade model, you'll see the impact of if I if you wanted to introduce hydrogen today, it would actually impact the environment more. Okay. Because that hydrogen is not produced in a sustainable way. Okay. So Can we, you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, 95% of the world's hydrogen is gray hydrogen, okay. not green hydrogen. Okay. So until we produce more green hydrogen mm. and we have a, a, a more streamlined manner of you know, distributing that hydrogen and then ultimately flying with that hydrogen, mm. um, you're not going to have the uh, CO2 reduction that you're hoping for. Right. And just to give you an, you know, an idea of how complex hydrogen is. I mean, we as a company have a lot of experience in hydrogen because we launch spacecraft Mm. into space. All of those are using liquefied hydrogen and other gases. Mm. And it's it's the smallest molecule. It's very hard to control, very unstable, leaks all over the place. Um, And in order to power an aircraft, you need 
a hydrogen tank that's about the size of the aircraft. Wow. So where are you going to put the passengers? (laughs) (laughs) So, So these are challenges that we need to overcome. Right. Uh, and, and, and we will overcome, but they're going to take time. And so that's why our focus now is on fleet renewable, digital, sustainable aviation fuel, right. and other technologies. Yeah, and, and the science and the opportunity for people to I- innovatively think about how to come up with solutions to challenges like that. 100%. These are, right. are decade-long challenges, mm. challenges that are going to persist multiple decades I, I, I you can make a whole career out of on st- studying hydrogen transportation if right, you wanted. Right. What do you think is the impact of AI on all of this? Uh, that's an interesting one that um, I think the whole world is trying to understand what the impact of AI <laughs> is. Um, I'm not sure we've... Um, I mean, I'm, I know we've thought about the impact of AI. I, I don't know if we've layered on the sustainability factor mm. when we're thinking about AI. Yeah. And so that's something that we probably need to explore more on. Right, yeah. right. Because you say a decade long, I'm wondering with some of these introductions of how AI is being used at a very minimal level right yeah. now, what is it that it could do in terms of shortening the time frame for innovations that are needed for sustainability? I am an optimist. Yes. So if it can do something that I'm not aware <laughs> of, I would love it to do that. Right, right. right. Brian, Egypt has a rich history in aviation and engineering. Could you discuss any specific collaborations or projects that Boeing is undertaking in Egypt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been a partner. Uh, the Boeing company has been a partner to Egypt for since 1960, both on the civil and the defense side of our business. And, um, you know, Egypt Air is very far along in terms of um, their sustainable aviation practices. Um, they actually flew the longest uh, delivery flight on sustainable aviation fuel from Seattle to Cairo. And then most recently in 2022, they flew uh, a delegation from Paris to um, Sharm el-Sheikh in in honor of the COP27. So, um, and that also was flown on 37% sustainable aviation fuel. So the journey has already started uh, you know, I'm here this week to really uh, see what we can bring to that journey. Mm. Um, again, going back to the public-private partnership, yes. we're here because we're committed to Egypt. We're committed to Egypt Air and all of our customers here in the region. And we need to build this capacity and this ecosystem of sustainable aviation fuel. And we're going to do that through strong partnerships. Yeah, that's excellent. Brian, before we wrap up this episode, um, we've covered a lot of ground today, exploring sustainability, STEM education, the future of aerospace, to name a few. Um, Considering your your wealth of experience and insights, what advice would you give to aspiring aerospace enthusiasts who are eager to contribute to a more sustainable and innovative future in this industry? Look, I, I guess my advice to anybody that's interested in engineering or any sort of STEM degree is, you know, aviation can provide it all. And you can really make a multi-decade career out of any domain within aviation and within engineering. Mm. Uh, we touched on a few, but there's many more that I haven't mentioned, like material scientists, you know, 
trying to figure out the next newest, lightest weight material. So um, my advice to anybody that's interested is you have a long, stable, predictable, but really creative and innovative industry, and that is aviation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, keep, keep going far, exploring more, question more, and, and you'll come up with the next best idea. Right, right. So it's a very diverse industry that has a lot of job opportunities oh. and guaranteed jobs in the future as well as Absolutely. it grows. Absolutely. It's only going to grow. And the challenges are only going to become more complex. Right. So we need the best and brightest talent mm. to come with their biggest ideas possible. Right. Brian, thank you so much for being oh, with us today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Boeing. لو عايز تعرف اكتر عن البرامج والمنح والامتحانات اللي بتقدمها ايميد ايست ما تنساش تعمل لايك وشير وسبسكرايب